the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Zebra home game. I've got William Davis on the line. Good evening, Alan. And you're at the press conference today with um, Peter Wilkins and Finley Bealham. How did it go? Yeah, it was uh, it was very good. Uh, defence coach Peter Wilkins, I think he was very pleased with the 200 phases that Connacht had to defend on uh, Friday night against the Ospreys. I think he fe- felt they stood up fairly well to that and it was a good examination of... Uh, his systems and the team systems and um, Finley Bealham was uh, also in very good form it's his 100th uh, game on uh, Saturday provided or Friday Friday sorry provided he is selected of course I said maybe they're just trying to wind you up (laughs) 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 and and, uh, give you a bit of uh, give you a bit of a push but I'm assuming he will definitely be playing and leading out Connacht on uh, Friday night um, when he gets his 100th cap yeah, yeah, and I assume he's also looking at the possibility of, of pushing into the Ireland team if that's possible now that um, we've got injuries there because like, everyone's automatically talking about bringing in one of the Munster players but there's no reason to think that Finley couldn't push his way in. Uh, absolutely, uh, he, was, he was asked about that in a later stage of the press conference and he gave a very diplomatic answer uh, along the lines of it's my job to put in a good performance on Friday night for my team and see what happens. Um but yeah, I mean, look, anybody playing in these games now for any sides, whether they're Welsh or Scottish or even Italian, dare I say, they their international managers will be keeping tabs on all this. They have to. Uh, Six Nations is on a week off, um, but they'll soon be back hard at it. And uh, there's still a lot of rugby to play. And if you're French, well, nine of them have been suspended uh, for their activities uh, post game in Edinburgh, so uh, I suppose if you're playing for a French club side this weekend, you never know, you might you might get picked for France. <laughs> well, the way they started those first two games, I think they might have been looking into player other players anyway because they they haven't really covered themselves in glory, even though they didn't lose by very much in either game. But um, let's listen to where what Finley and Peter had to say. That was a uh, decent enough performance on, on Friday evening. Looking back on it, it was, uh, they had a lot of possession and there was a lot of work for the defence to, to do. There was a huge amount of work. Um, in terms of um, our season so far, it was our, our biggest defensive workload. <clears throat> I think we um, previously, our, our Leinster game, we had to defend for 135 phases across the game and, and Ospreys on Friday night was 200. So by some distance, it, it was... Um, a lot was asked of us, and, and I thought we responded really well. Um, anytime, um, anytime you play an Ospreys team, and, and particularly for us coming back from a break, you know we didn't didn't bounce back well after our November break when we went uh, went down to Cardiff. So to respond in that way post break, Ospreys, um, and get a good result at home, we were really pleased with that. Really pleased. And the the try just before half time was sort of a bit of a it's it won and stole the first half really. And it probably it seemed to knock them because the, 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 even at the start of the second half they, they didn't I, I didn't think they responded very well they just kept doing the same things and you kept making your tackles but is that a th- is that a concentration thing to actually be able to get a play away like that right on the the halftime whistle um, I think first and foremost you're right it's a, it's a terrific time to score and and the the way it sets the tone for for the respective teams' half-time discussions is um, is significant, and, and we were really pleased with that. Um, I think when you're pushing, you know, pushing for a score with 
you know, time almost up in the first half or at the end of the game, it requires a bit of bravery, you know, to back your skills and back your decision making that you're going about it in the right way. So, um, you know, I thought the boys responded terrifically in what, you know, for both teams was a real pressure moment and, and for us to come away with points from that was um, was a huge positive and, and I agree it set the tone for the second half and, uh, you know, we were able to, um, you know, take a lot of uh, a lot of belief from that. There seemed as well to be a slight change of emphasis on the uh, attack patterns in that there seemed to be a lot of effort made to get players running onto the ball rather than standing still, which was probably something that kind of could have been accused of a couple of times earlier in the season. Uh, Was that that something that was really deliberate that had been worked on? And and, And the second part of that was the forwards when they were in possession uh, there seemed to be an, an upgrade on their footwork as to what they were trying to do, uh, and it, it was actually, I think it was very noticeable. Yeah, no, I, I would agree on, on both those points. I think um, you know carrying the ball hard, um, good direct carries um, was certainly something we we flagged before the game in the preview. Ospreys, um, you know, certainly over the last few years have a, have a very a very good defence. Um, they're very square, they're very well-spaced, very even, um, and they fill the field really well. So you're less likely to get around them, um, as you might with other teams, and, and you're going to have to go through them. So the importance of strong carries, directness, getting gain line and, and quick ball on the back of that was um, was crucial for us. And as you said, then, the detail in terms of um, forwards footwork and, and trying to find soft shoulders. You know, they're a physical defence, the Ospreys, there's a... Um, a big rugby league influence there in terms of their their defence coach Brad Davis, who's, who's a very good coach, and um, they want to outmuscle you at the collisions, and they'll look for double shots and getting two guys um, either holding you up or, or driving you backwards. So, footwork going into that contact as a ball carrier is really important to to make sure you're finding soft shoulders and, and you're getting a head and shoulder through the tackle um, and fighting all the way through to the ground and, and with your ball placement and thereafter, you can't afford to um, to relax at any stage through that carry. So. So yeah, direct carries, footwork into contact, they were both things we talked about and um, you know, very pleased that the guys delivered delivered on that. Now Friday night uh, is Zebra, who took a bit of a caning in the end against Munster. Is this, will, will and obviously you're not going to tell me the team, but is there an opportunity maybe to make some changes just to keep people fresh? Because everybody's come back from a break and if you don't play this week, the break is even longer. So is this a sort of ideal game maybe to... Mix and match a bit. Um, I don't think we're not looking at it as, as making too many changes. Um, you know, the reason for that is is it's important we maintain our momentum. It's important we maintain the the success that we've had at home over the last few months um, in, in terms of results at the sports ground. Um, and it's important that you know we need the points in in terms of our, our position in the conference and going into you know a two week trip to um, to Italy and South Africa. So. Building on that success and consolidating that and succeeding again is is a big focus. Um, that said, you know we are in a good position in terms of guys are fresh after the break. Um, there's lots of guys jumping at the bit and hungry for game time. So we want to get to a position where um, we we're going away for that two week block to to Treviso and Cheetahs with um, you know a squad where we've got as many as possible match fit um, and fresh. Um, and you know guys like Jared Butler coming back from injury, uh, McKeown, um, you know in the near future as well. Um, you know it's how we balance and, and reintegrate those guys back into the squad. So I, I wouldn't imagine it would be all of them at once this week, but but certainly over the coming weeks we want want all those guys reinvolved. And just having having a look here, obviously Tiernan 
hamstring injury, so he's out for a num number of weeks, which is, is obviously a concern. But uh, a lot of guys coming back. Is Sean O'Brien ready to go? Yeah, Sean's been been training um, with us last week and this week, and, and has trained really well. And um, you know, everyone knows the, the character of Sean. He's a he's he's a bouncy, uh, abrasive, um, abrasive player, and he's fantastic to have around the group. He's a real energizer, and um, no, he'll he'll be keen for game time at the at the, the earliest opportunity. So. Um, He's ready if we decide to go down that route, but, it, but he's certainly trained really well for these um, these last two weeks. And if you, with the amount of rugby that was on at the weekend, but uh, having watched the Cheetahs and the and Cardiff, they nearly did us a very big favour there by taking some points off them. They couldn't quite get over the line, but uh, it, 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 is the conference thing now really starting to have an effect that you're starting to see that there's all these games really matter to all the other teams? Maybe the teams right at the top are in their own bubble, but everybody else is watching what everybody else is doing because it's it's points here and points there. Yeah, absolutely, there's a huge amount to fight for, and you know the interest for us around the results with you know as you said, Cheetahs and, and Cardiff, and you know the the benefit of, of beating an Ospreys team that um, you know there are thereabouts in terms of um, our position in the conference. So there's a big knock-on effect. You you are watching in this back third of the season, starting to watch other games a little more closely in terms of seeing who comes out on top. You know we can't control what happens there, but but you're certainly having a good close look and um, and doing a few maths and looking ahead to see who uh, who they play in the following week as well. So there is a context to it, and um, you know that adds to the excitement, adds to the motivation for for coaches and players. I think. Finally, with hundredth game on uh, Friday, if selected. If selected. But I'm assuming <laughs> that you're here, that you are selected, but maybe maybe that's just a, a way to, to, to motivate you. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, it, it's, it's, quite a, it's, a, it's a lot of games. It's, it's a lot of time that seems to have passed quite quickly since you, since you arrived here. Yeah, like I've been pretty fortunate with injuries and I've um, you know, been able to, to stay fit over the last four years. So the caps have kind of added up quite quick. Because um, when I first came in, I was coming off the bench and then started a bit more towards um, the middle of Pat's Pat's reign. So it's added up quick. Um, but to be making the walk out there on Friday night out of in front of a sports ground in front of all the fans is you know couldn't write it any better. And just to be in a bracket with some other players, kind of legends that are, have done it, and to be including that is something I'm really proud of and honoured to and honoured as well. And how do you do you feel your own game is going at the moment? Ah, uh, like I was reasonably happy with my form around the enterprise around the new year and Christmas. Um, I was like I just said that I hadn't picked up too many injuries, but I did pick up one in training, like a little knee niggle. Um, I kind of hurt my knee like a year ago in Toulouse, and it kind of flared back up. So it kind of left me in the sideline for a few weeks, but you know, ready to go now. And Italian sides, or Zebra in particular, do, do they bring anything other than physicality, or do they always seem to be ready to have a scrap? The the forwards seem to they try to keep the game in the forward. Yeah, no, they like take a lot of pride, like in the set piece. You know, we're watching a lot of tape on them, and like they're they're really tough up front. But it's something they're doing now as well. They run the ball a lot from their own twenty-two, and like they've really added like a attacking flair in there. So defensively, um, Pete's kind of. Going to take us through our preview on uh, Wednesday, and look, I know there's a going to be a tough ask for us in defence, but um, it's a task that I think we're up for. And two ex Connacht players possibly in their starting yeah. lineup, so guys you would have known, Rory Parata and uh, Kieran Gaffney. So yeah, does that'll add a little bit of spice as well if they get a if they get a game or a start out here. Yeah, I'd say they'll be well up for that coming 
coming back here, you know. So, look, they probably have a point to prove coming out. But, you know, we're just going to take the game as any other game and prepare accordingly. And, um, look, we might have a beer with them after. But uh, until then, uh, we'll just take it um, as they've been in opposition and try and implement our game plan. And from before your time here to next, Connor coach coming back as well. So it adds a bit of spice. Michael Bradley here for seven years as Connacht head coach. So it's, there's, 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 and there's a lot riding on this game. I mean, the players must be aware. Yeah. You, you know, you're expect. You, let's be blunt. You're expected to win this, and you need to win it. So does, does that add extra pressure? Uh personally, it doesn't add any pressure to me. Like I have a pretty not easy job, but I know like what I got to do. I got to you know, give the backs good platform in the scrum and I've got to hit my rucks and, you know, be effective around the field and, look, there's no pressure, extra pressure on me, but, you know, it is a win game in front of a sports ground crowd and uh, they'll be expecting a good night of rugby and hopefully we can deliver on it. Okay, good stuff from the guys. Um, I think they're looking forward to this game and, and I think uh, I think you mentioned the fact that it's, uh, you know, with two Connacht, ex-Connacht players and an ex-Connacht coach, there's a, a little bit more bite to this game than we would normally have. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Italian, um, to, to, to be honest, the, the Italian side who are really flying this season are Benetton. Mm. Um, they've got a 50% record. They're 7 out of 14. Um, so Kieran Crowley's doing a pretty good job there. But at, the, at this time of the year, both of the Italian sides lose a lot of players too. The Italian under twenties team, and of course, obviously to the to the main uh, team. So it's an opportunity for them to look at different players. The, they they stuck at it against Munster, but they were they were fairly well beaten in the end. And I think they've probably stayed in camp. In I'm, I'm assuming they stayed in camp in Ireland this week. So they'll be coming here maybe with a little bit more cohesiveness. But they've never beaten Connacht in Galway. There's no reason to believe that they're going to change that on Friday night. It would be a disaster for Connacht if they don't win this match and, in truth, get their bonus point as well. They, you, at this time of the season, it's, it's about garnering points. But there is a little bit of bite there. Rory Parata, Kieran Gaffney, and obviously Michael Bradley, who spent seven seasons here. So he knows the place well. And there's a few players left from his time. John Muldoon, obviously, being, being, being one of them. So whether... Um, whether they're able to put up a real challenge or not, I, th- I think probably will depend on how well Connacht play. I think if Connacht come out and play with real accuracy, they they'll win this game. Yeah, because it's you know you're looking at that zebra. They've they've had a couple like they've had one away win down at the Kings, who I know are, haven't managed to win a game, but that still took a bit of doing. And they they pushed Edinburgh very close into you know in a single point, and and seem to have done well against the Ospreys earlier in the season as well. So. You wonder if there's certain targeting of matches going on. <laughs> well, that's a word we used to hear quite a lot about back in the day in Connacht. Uh, maybe we better not quite go there, but yeah, it's they they've done okay, and you know Italy, it's the Italian national side. There's the usual questions about them in the Six Nations and where they're going, and you know we're hearing a lot of the usual stuff that at last. It's only taken them 19 seasons uh, in the Six Nations. There's, you know, there's an infrastructure being put in place now, and I, and I believe there probably is, but it's 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 a slow process. Um, it yeah, should have happened. But yeah, it should have done. Like you look at their under twenties, they they drew, they put they put Ireland to the sword, even though they only had 14 men for most of the game. And you know, I think there is a lot of talent trying to get through, and and maybe they just needed a 
up to now they've only had one person come in and try and do bits and pieces but there's a whole team in behind uh, O'Shea and he seems to be given carte blanche as to how the whole thing is run um, like I see Stephen Abood has taken they had nine academies and they now just have four um, so it's been streamlined somewhat I think they're they're getting more elite players coming through uh, so hopefully we'll see a bit more out of them because like I remember Ireland in the 90s when we were rubbish and they used to beat us on a regular basis I think they beat us three times in a row before they managed to get into the Six Nations so um, I do feel for them and I do think there is a lot of rugby history in, in Italy and it's just taken, taken a bit longer to come through than they would have liked but well, no. it's 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 taken certainly taken a lot longer to come through, I think, than probably the Six Nations would have liked, and or even Pro Fourteen. Mm. Uh, and I think they, I think they were put there. They they know their backs are up against the wall. I mean, the Georgia situation isn't probably as as much in in their face as, as some people would feel, because I think Georgia are still quite a way off. Yeah. Um, but there is a feeling that they have underperformed consistently. And I think it's interesting when you get to the Six Nations every year and there's people on TV talking about Italian club rugby who obviously don't watch any Italian club rugby. Exactly. And, re- and just have two names, Zebre and Treviso, and, and you know, uh, don't watch it the way fans of the Pro 14 do. Because we see these teams regularly. We go over there. We see them here. So we know what to expect from them. And, it is good to see some of the younger players coming through, and hopefully, if they can be developed, then they can become a threat. But I still think it's it's a couple of years away. Um, but but we'll see. On Friday night, we'll probably be seeing some young Italian players, so we'll we'll be all set to go. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a a, a smidgen on the chilly side, but um, not much wind and only a slight possibility of rain. So with a bit of luck, it'll be a a perfect night for rugby, and we'll get a good game. And uh, just a quick thanks to sportsnewsireland.com for their help with this podcast. Um, They're hosting us on their site and helping us to get the news out about Connacht Rugby and promoting our podcast. So thanks very much to them. Okay, so we'll we'll move things along. Um, On from the Zebra game, we'll talk about the the injury list that came out today. There seems to be quite a few with hamstring injuries. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of hamstrings floating around. Uh, we'll, I'll just work through it here. Uh, okay. Dennis Buckley is still progressing, uh, and he's coming back in a couple of weeks. JP Cooney, who has a ham, has had hamstring surgery, will be out, out until April, so we knew that. Pat O'Toole is rehabilitating from a hamstring. Uh, Andrew Brown, what can you say? Uh, back after such a long time, very diligently worked through all his rehabs. He's out now for four to six weeks on a shoulder injury, which we're told today won't need surgery but it will need some care and attention so we wish him well we hope that that works out for him mm-hmm. and in the back row Jared Butler has returned to training after his hand injury against Worcester Owen McKeown is very close to being back uh, and he'll be returning to training in a couple of weeks Jay Keenan of course is on shoulder surgery until April Peter Robb recent hamstring injury he's due to come back uh, in a couple of weeks Niadi Alokan has returned to team training following a hamstring injury. And Tiernan O'Halloran uh, sustained a hamstring injury, as we know, against the Ospreys, went off very early. And he'll be out of action for a number of weeks. But I think they're hoping that that's, they got him off very quickly. Yeah. They didn't, they, it was an instantaneous decision. And I think they're hoping that that will, will have helped the situation. So it's, it's not a bad injury list. Um, 
lot of a lot of hamstring injuries, <laughs> which is just probably just one of those things. Mm. Um, and they've you know the Connacht have three more matches to play in this section of games before they go to the next break. Um, Zebra, and then of course they're they're away to um, uh, Treviso, and then of course they've got the, the the trip to South Africa. And it re I think Alan, it's it's the time of year now where you start to look at. Um, Who's playing who, and yeah. what's happening? The, the, the conferences are kind of shaking out a bit, aren't they? They certainly are. Like you're, you're looking at um, last weekend. Everyone had a. I certainly had a slight, uh, smidgen of a bet on the Cheetahs to beat Cardiff, hoping that they'd do us a favour, and and they couldn't quite get over the line at the end. The Cheetahs that was, uh, which keeps Cardiff a couple of points ahead of us. Uh, and now you're looking at Cardiff playing at home to Munster, and you'd, you'd hope Munster will do us a favour and 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 get a result for us if we can do the job for ourselves and get back into a position where you know destiny is in our own hands when it comes to getting into Champions Cup rugby for next year. Yeah, everybody's played 14 games, so the set every and every team has seven games to go. Um, yeah, the Cheetahs. Um, it was a shambles at the end. <laughs> I'm afraid they had about. They had about 10 minutes to get the score and they just couldn't figure out a way of getting over uh, the Cardiff line and then seemed to start arguing with each with themselves <laughs> about whether they should be going for lineouts or scrums. It was frantic. Every match they play, home or away, seems to have a certain degree of... Um, it, it's played at high speed. Yeah. So uh, th- those three points that, you know... Th- if Cardiff are now on 26 and Connacht were on 28 and Munster beat them and we win, suddenly the gaps start appearing, and that's what what you and that's why Connacht just have to keep winning games. But you've also got to watch what's happening. You know, you've got Glasgow and Munster are playing in a couple of weeks' time. That's of no real relevance to us. Yeah, they're in their own bubble at the top of the table. Uh, and then talking about an Italian team, if you go into the B conference, you've got Benetton with seven wins. Uh, and 34 points and that mm. would put them comfortably fourth in our conference yeah but you feel that that's not going to be enough to get them in their conference because it's it's a tougher conference in some ways but they have got the dragons and the southern kings in there the kings are 14 played and 14 lost uh and the real one in that conference is ulster and edinburgh and they're playing this weekend i think and you know, Edinburgh have an opportunity if they could win that to go ahead of Ulster. Ulster would then come down into the position where they have to go into the qualification game. So when Edinburgh come here in mid-March, they have a hell of a lot to play for. So that's a and that's going to be a, a huge game for both sides. When, the, when that's a massive game already, and you can see it on the horizon. It'll be a must-win for Connacht, must-win for Edinburgh, uh, and that's what I think Pro 14 wanted. Yes. And, you know, the season did get off to a bit of a, let's be honest, though, it was all a bit of a flap to get this thing sorted. Uh, and you felt they were kind of having to make it up on the hoof. But now that it's settled down, these conferences kind of have their own. There's a nuance to it that we, we kind of felt would arrive, but it, it, it's now staring us in the face. I think so. And, and, you know, you're looking at conferences do work in other sports. So there was no reason why it couldn't work here. And sometimes you need, you just need to, so can see and, and, and see what happens. And it, it, it is fascinating that the the other conference is, is stronger than our conference in some senses. And that's, you know, Edinburgh, or sorry, well, Edinburgh being one, you know, they, they've done, they've had a cracking season. And, and uh, when they get here, as you say, that's going to be an unbelievable game um, of, of such importance to us, a game that we would have originally said, yeah, we'll win that. But you'd have to 
you don't have to worry about it now because I think they've they're uh, you know at the preseason launch we were very very impressed with the Edinburgh coach and how much I wanted to go out and play for him like by the end of the day <laughs> so you know I, I think he's done a cracking job and these guys believe in themselves which is what he said he was going to do he was going to bring belief to that team and, and they appear to have it yeah it was one of the more uh, blunt um, sort of uh, media appearances of that you would have certainly needed the bleeper going <laughs> he's, he's a very direct very passionate person he left you in no doubt that if you didn't if you didn't want to show up and show respect for the jersey, you'd be shown the door. He might be well have been thrown straight through the door. Um, <laughs> but they have done well. And obviously you look at a fixture like that, and I know we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but this is, this is what happens. And, and um, Pete Wilkins said it to me today. He said, yeah, he said, look, we concentrate one game at a time, but you are looking around yes. at what other teams are doing. Can they do you a favour? Uh, a week after that Edinburgh game, Connacht have their quarter final against uh, Gloucester. Mm. Edinburgh have the weekend of that weekend off. Yeah. So you you sort of see, and that's where player management. That's why you need your injury list to be as small as possible. Mm. Edinburgh, of course, are coming back to play us a week after the Six Nations ends. So how many players will he have back? How many of them will be walking wounded? It's uh, this is what it's all about. This is why there are so many fitness people and yeah. dietitians and the whole panoply of support staff are there because you have to new uh, you have to deal with your squad and you have to um, pick accordingly. And for once, this Connacht list is shrinking. It's now down to it's it's been one page for a long time, and it's it's pretty good. And and you feel. There's going to be a lot of guys looking for time for Connacht, and they all want to play, and they're all, and that's what that's what a coach wants. He wants uh, thirty guys wanting to start. He doesn't want to have to think, well, I've got twenty. Can I find three more? Yes. Um, so it's a good position to be in. It certainly is, and it is it is exciting to see some of those names coming back. You know, the likes of Jared Butler and and Nia Diallokan. Um, it'll be great to have them, and as you say, with a bit of luck, Tiernan's hamstring isn't quite as bad as they hoped and, and he will be available for um, maybe even going to that trip down to South Africa which, which I'm looking forward to, to heading down because I'm, I'm doing the away trip this time you, you did uh, you did the Siberia one I think I, I pulled a better straw going down to South Africa <laughs> It'll be a bit warmer I hope <laughs> Well I uh, really hope so <laughs> Yeah I don't, I don't think Bloemfontein's ever had uh, that sort of cold um, no, it's a, that's a fascinating trip, and I think well, we'll be covering that in, in a bit more detail in, in the coming weeks because there's a lot of logistics about it. Kieran mm. uh, Kane has obviously brought sides to South Africa. Peter Wilkins has been on five trips, he told us today, with Super Rugby sides. Right. Uh, um, and just how they you, you set up, it's a different scenario. Um, it's obviously warmer. It's also it's at altitude, mm. and having watched far too much rugby last weekend <laughs> there, seemed <to> be rugby, <laughs> there seemed to be rugby on television uh, every time you switched it on if it wasn't the Six Nations or the Women's Six Nations or the under 20s there was plenty of Pro 14 um, the Cheetahs do play a, a very expansive brand of rugby which uh, analysing it I think I'm sure they, they can analyse it but at times it just looks to be almost chaotic um, it's running from everywhere path and hope for the best so yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be bringing you some some good stuff about South Africa as 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 we get closer to it. 
we will indeed and i think it's um time to wrap up and, and leave that there and uh we'll have a another podcast at the weekend because again we'll have Galway bay covering the game with rob and and joe uh starting uh, again on the stream from about 20 past seven on fm from seven thirty for the seven thirty five kickoff yeah absolutely and uh urge people to Get up there. Uh, the the Ospreys game was a was a was a proper hard game of rugby. Uh, very quiet for about twenty minutes, and then uh, the referee made a few calls, and the crowd certainly came to life. And after that, it was sixty minutes of, of full on. And I expect, uh, and I'm hoping for something similar on uh, Friday night. With a bit of luck, because there's not that many home games left. So you need to, if you're going to watch Connacht win a game this season, this is one that they should win. And I think there's only four games left after that, maybe even three. Um, so uh, there's only three. Yeah, uh, three. Crikey. Three. Crikey. Yeah, it's uh, yeah Edinburgh home, Leinster home, and Gloucester at home. So yeah, the time is uh, fast approaching. It's amazing how these these games rack up. So yep, Friday night, get up there and uh, get in good and early. Friday night under the lights, the uh, place will be buzzing. It certainly will. That's great stuff. Thanks, William. Thanks, Alan. Good night. Night now.